Welcome to Picnic Climbers, a podcast for those who love getting outside, going on epic adventures, or chill ones, and don't take themselves too seriously. Join us, Nate and Mo, as we share our escapades into the great outdoors. And don't forget the beer, eh? Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Picnic Climbers. Uh, where we'll be talking about climbing. <laughs> it's a little funny having a podcast uh, with climbing in the title. And in our first three episodes, we've done one on climbing, one on hiking, and one on running. Yeah, well, we're back to climbing. Back <laughs> to the origin. Uh, yeah, how are we doing today, Nate? Uh, yeah, we're doing all right. It's a beautiful day. Uh, it's this um, UK cold snap is is continuing. Um, so it's a little chilly this morning, uh, but we are warm inside. We are warm inside. Yes, and it's the um, it's the first day of half term, isn't it? So yeah. you get a bit of a break this week. Uh, my life will stay relatively the exact same as a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> <laughs> Just be nice to be with you. But it will be nice to have you home, yes. Yeah, lockdown's dragging on, isn't it? We, uh, <sighs> we should have an announcement in the next week and a half on what's going to happen. <sighs> uh, but let's not dwell on that. <laughs> no. <laughs> my, uh, I guess my first... Well, the only race that I was signed up for so far this year, 50k in May, has already been cancelled. So it's the uh, the the impact of this thing dragging yeah. on. Blech. Blech. Hate it. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about lighter times where we could go outdoors. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about like any other half term. Like we would have plans. Like we, um, it's my birthday uh over this half term which is lovely it's always fallen on uh, either reading break when we were at uni or half term now that we're teachers which is so lovely so we most of the time do some sort of trip um or uh, uh event and adventure adventure yeah not event um but this year we will be here mm. twiddling our thumbs and uh making some nice food i think <laughs> is about the extent of what we can do to celebrate <laughs> And there you are. So, yeah, we are definitely missing traveling and exploring and climbing outdoors, which is what we're talking about today. That's why we started the podcast. That's why we started the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So um, why did we choose to do this episode now? Well, so, so yeah, so our, our, the, 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 the title of this uh, podcast, From Plastic Pulling Gym Rats to Epic Outdoor Climbing, it's, is, is suggesting that well, but essentially what we're going to be talking about today is is uh, how to get into outdoor climbing. Um, it's it's definitely a step up and a jump from from gym climbing, and and um, we're having more and more people climbing in the gym, and and more and more of these people wanting to to get outdoors. So, um, yeah, we we actually we had an email about this. We is, did. We had an email, which is very exciting. Our first listener Our first... email. <laughs> Um, and so it was, uh, one of our uh, our friends from from back home in Canada was just uh, asking us, yeah, how how do you get into outdoor climbing, and what are some of the things that you either need, like gear wise, or the skills that you need, or, or just how does that process go about? It's kind of a daunting transition, isn't it? Like it can be, yeah. yeah gym everything is very controlled and safe and set up for you, and help is around and outdoors. I mean, you can be very much on your own. Yeah, you, yeah, you can be. So, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So, how we're going to do this is, I'm going to probably just ask Nate some questions, <laughs> and then he's going to answer them. I know the answers as well, probably, but only because he taught them to me. So, let's just go straight to the source of the knowledge. <laughs> well, Nathan, like, tell us a bit about why. Why do you think you're qualified to answer these questions? And like, what's what's why should our listeners trust you? Well, yeah. I mean, I suppose I should probably 
start and just qualify everything with like I'm not a guide I'm I, I've never done any courses um I've everything that, that I'm going to share today is is from um things that have been taught to me by I suppose by more experienced climbers um or or things that I've picked up as, as we've gone on I've I've been a climber I've climbed outdoors for eight years um and I've taught quite a few people to to climb outdoors now me being one of them yeah and and I kind of had a very supportive network when I was getting into it um so so this is uh yeah this isn't backed by any sort of course or any sort of um qualification but it's just kind of um I say probably the the most common journey that that most people go on you certainly don't need to do a course um to to be trained how to do any of these these things And, and I think one of the beauties one of the the best things about climbing is how laid back and chill it is and and how um you know there's 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 the organic passing of knowledge on from those that are more experienced to those who are less Mm -hmm. experienced Uh, and so yeah that's where all of this is coming from so so please don't um yeah don't think of me as 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 the the experts and and as kind of whatever i say goes because uh Mm -hmm. a lot of people have different opinions on it um I'm it's just also, share yeah. some of my some of, yeah some of what I think is 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 good practice. Yeah, there's different philosophies also regarding how the best practice is, which we kind of found a little bit. We've we've um climbed obviously mostly in Canada, but then we were traveling around New Zealand for a couple months and did a lot of climbing there and and looked at a lot of or just kind of discovered I think different ways of seeing things. Mm-hmm. Um we had our Canadian knowledge and experience and, and other people, it, it was just quite different. And then yeah. when we came to the UK, it was different again. Um, so definitely, I think where you are and what the rock is like and what the outdoor ethos of the place you're climbing is like, it, it all impacts it. Yeah, it does. But um, this is our take. <laughs> uh, so what do you need to consider when climbing outdoors? So say you've been climbing in the gym or maybe you boulder on occasion or, you know, you've... Um, done it once or twice at a summer camp and now you're like I want to take it outdoors yeah. what do what's first steps I guess the yeah first things that I suppose you need to consider I guess is the idea that the like if you especially if you're a gym climber oh yeah if you've climbed in very controlled circumstances before like the, the once you're outdoors once you're on your own kind of that safety net of the gym is 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 gone and it very much is based on your decisions and the your levels of confidence and your decision making and and so that is what becomes quite important when you first start climbing outdoors uh, climbing is is inherently a social activity. It's a social sport. If you are rope climbing, you cannot or you cannot do it on your own very easily. Um, and to, certainly to get the most enjoyment out of it, you need to climb uh, with people. You need people on either end of the rope. Uh, and when you are first starting out, uh, that person needs to be more experienced than you are. And I think that's why climbing works so well is because it is is often a partner system and 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 um uh, you you will ha- like naturally the person who is more ta- more experienced will pass on knowledge to those who are less experienced so it's a little funny i think talking about this on a podcast and certainly when we kind of started planning this episode um the the kind of the first thought that i had was what if i you know giving advice on how to get into outdoor climbing well kind of my first piece of advice which i don't really like to admit my first piece of advice is, is sort of you've got to find people to climb with because um, yeah. I can't really you know we can't really do that that's just that's just what what you sort of have to I have mean, to do 
if you're um, in uh, <laughs> Birmingham and the lockdown eventually lifts and there's nice weather, definitely uh, let us know while we're climbing and we, we'll teach you. <laughs> uh, however, if you're listening and that's not uh, your scenario, then yeah. Yeah. So what I can offer though and what I can suggest is kind of where you can find these people um, to, to maybe teach you how to cl- climb outdoors if you don't um, already know uh, people so so i mean f- first um the, kind of the first obvious one would be friends uh who are again more experienced than you and who are patient enough to teach you and take you out and show you the ropes and how it's done um these people uh, i know from experience are usually accept food or beer as a payment <laughs> <laughs> or if they have a crush on you they'll they'll just do it out of the goodness of their heart yes that worked m- for me that was my experience um <laughs> Uh, and and I mean it 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 just is really fun uh, obviously to do it with your friends and um, go to that saying, um, but if you if you kind of the either the first one in your friend group or you don't really know people who who can who are willing to do this for you there are other options for you and the kind of the outdoors clubs are. Um, an amazing place where knowledge can be shared uh, and you've got an, an amazing mix of people all levels of experience all ages and, and all types of uh, yeah and just all, all variety of, of um, experience levels um, so the, the the big ones maybe to start with if coming just going on where most most of our listeners are from you've got the Alpine Club of Canada in Canada and, and they do uh, they do courses, they do mountaineering courses, they do climbing courses, and they're across the country. And then you've got the the British Mountaineering Club, the BMC, for for the UK. And and again, they run courses and um, have lots of clubs all around uh, the country. And, and those would be a, a good starting point. Um, that was really that was how I was able to to get into it initially um, through a different club, the Varsity Outdoor Club, the VOC, which was um, the the outdoors club at, at the university that we went to in Vancouver. Um, and the VOC was excellent and they did so many like what they called beginner friendly trips where they would purposefully take people out who hadn't who didn't have experience with that particular sport whether it was climbing whether it was backcountry skiing whether it was uh, kayaking whatever it was and just and teach them how how to do it Um, and so if you can find a club that does things like that that's so valuable and so useful I guess that another area where you can find um, climbing partners or people willing to share to teach, teach you is um, often climbing gyms will have uh, well the climbing gyms are just amazing places to meet other climbers again mm. climbers are, are social creatures like to hang out like to talk um, and are often once you get to know them very willing to share information. And then I suppose the last one that I would talk about as well is like Facebook groups. Facebook groups are are so useful for for finding uh, climbing partners and and things. There's um like this just what the one that I'm part of, the Squamish Rock Climbing, um Facebook group. There are constantly posts on there like, hey, I'm new to the area, um, looking to climb Saturday Sunday. Um, is anybody willing to to climb with me? And and there's 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 you know the people have there's tons of comments on those kinds of posts and and, and similarly it's, I've seen some like you know want to get into into climbing um I don't have lots of experience but I'm kind of a keen beginner and uh, and eager to learn and there will be people who get who such enjoyment out of teaching you to rock climb uh, and it's it's a great way to make friendships and it's a great way to 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 yeah, to meet people who are into this into the sport uh, that you want to get into yeah and like even if you're an expert climber you still need someone to hold the other end of the rope uh, so that's the great thing is if people are willing to play, <laughs> uh, often other people are willing to teach you. Yeah. Um, 
and and yeah, there's often like that's a great Facebook groups, but we also have seen like sign up sheets in rock climbing gyms or even in like outdoor shops, kind of on notice boards where it's just like put your if if you want to climb, put your name, put yeah. your phone number, and put your uh, kind of ability level, and and so just kind of go look around um, yeah. at those kind of things and get in touch with people. Um, yeah, offer a beer, and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. <laughs> Uh, right. Okay. So say you've got a pal who's willing to teach you, uh, what kind of things should you know, or should you make sure that they teach you or what kind of things could you learn in the gym in preparation to going outdoors? Yeah. Good question. Um, so the, the first thing that, uh, a climber really needs to know if they are, um, really gonna, gonna come down safely is how to tie in. Um, to the harness uh, well I guess how to put the harness on and then how to tie into it properly um, the the knot that you'll most likely learn is the is the figure eight if you're in Canada or the UK yeah the, they used the, a different the, one in New Zealand didn't well, a lot they? of a lot of Europeans use the um uh, use the other one as well Pure. which the name is escaping me at the moment yeah, that's okay. which isn't the uh, other one, <laughs> the other one. Oh, dear me. um Yes. Which is just as safe, but the figure eight's a great beginner because it's very easy to see if you've done it correctly. Yeah. I think that's the only reason that makes it safer. It's it's just like any other knot, but it's really easy to just by looking at it. Yeah, but yeah, so you need to make sure that you're tied in properly, um, and you're not going to uh, come out your your harness when you if you when you get lowered or you fall off. Um, uh, and then the other uh, skill that will be one of the first ones that you that you need to learn is is how to belay, of course, how to stand at the bottom of the the climb, and um, safely get the other person the person sorry the person who's on the other end of the rope mm. up to the top and back down again without dropping them. Which is probably the most important thing to learn if you want to learn anything in the gym. Because when you're outdoors, if there's just two of you, it's a little tricky to teach someone to belay while you're climbing. Uh, and also a little bit... Uh, sketchy. Sketchy. <laughs> Which, it's it can be done because you could just do a really easy climb that the person's really comfortable on and then they can kind of talk you through it. But if you're going to learn anything, learn to belay. Yeah, so I guess ideally the first, if you if if someone's taking you out for the very first time, the way that that would look is is you'd, you'd show up at the rock. Ideally, it would be a crag where where you can walk up to the top of the route, so that the person who's who's teaching you can go up to the top, set up an anchor, chuck the rope down, and then you can do what's called top rope climbing, where it's uh it's very safe. It's uh there's there's very little chance of falling any great distance. Um, and you just you can go up and then you get lowered back down. Uh, and so that's the easiest type of belaying, and it's also the the kind of the safest form of climbing. Now sometimes um the if again especially I think if you're being taught by either a friend um or someone you've met on like on on a on a meet page on a on a forum, they might want to teach you some of the slightly more advanced uh, skills just to give you a little bit more flexibility as you're out there climbing on that first day, second day, whatever it is, and that's lead belaying, um, and or, or how and how to clean routes because if 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 you think about it, if you've got two of you two two climbers, um but there's no way to access the top of the climb to to set up an anchor um what you what has to happen is is the 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 first climber is they do what's called lead climbing and so they they take the rope up with them um securing themselves as they go once they get to the top of the climb they then build an anchor which then allows you as the second to climb up safely without without fear of falling if you can't clean a route 
what would then have to happen is the person who led would need to go up again to to take down all of the anchor gear and get down safely. So what the, probably the next best thing that you can learn after belaying and tying in is is how to clean a route. And there is um, a kind of a, a very set procedure on how to do that safely. Um, and how to yeah to to, to best get down um, in in kind of the minimal steps and the minimal time possible while still being safe. Yeah. So what? But what that does entail is you kind of clipping onto the anchor with your own kind of device and rappelling down yourself, which does kind of mean you have to kind of come off the rope and do a bunch of work with the rope and don't drop the rope and then come down on the rope. And so you you kind of want to practice that when you're, yeah, there's a couple of moments, there's a couple of moments that I guess are a bit more high risk, uh, in terms of, of, of cleaning roots. Um, but once you get the process down, it's very easy and you sort of just follow through the steps. Like there's things that you can do just safeguards that it's like, I've never dropped a rope. (laughs) You're not going to drop the rope. But yeah, my first climbing trip, I was so nervous to do anything like that. And there was three of us. Um, so Nate would climb up, uh, he would lead climb, take the gear up with him, set up a good anchor. I would climb in second. So I would just climb up and then get lowered down. I did not touch anything or do anything. So like I got someone to check me, uh, when I tied in and I literally, I just went up and then got lowered. And then a third climber, we were in a group of three, she would climb up clean the route and rappel down. So if you can get yourself some sort of system, if you're uncomfortable like that, going in a bit of a bigger group, uh, then the mm. first person uh, doesn't have to climb everything twice, which yep. can get taxing, but hey, choose good routes and they might be fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, what kind of things, that's the, the skills you need to do. We're not going to talk you through any of those skills <laughs> because you just need to see someone do it and have someone check that you're doing it right. So if if you need a to hire a guide to learn those things if a friend can't teach you that might be a good place to start those are very important to do correctly they're not that hard but you want to practice and make sure you're doing it right yeah um but yeah okay so what gear do you need then so to start outdoor climbing there's i mean obviously first step is a harness that's uh essential harnesses come and this baffled me at first in a variety of price ranges uh, Mm. and at first i I was a bit confused by that. Um, price doesn't indicate safety, thankfully. All gear that's sold for rock climbing is sold to the same safety standard. Uh, price just indicates comfort, mm. uh, and so the more that you pay, the 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 kind of the more cushioning you probably have um, on the the back of the the harness. Yeah. And um, there's also there is slight variation in types of harnesses like some for, for like big wall climbing if you're going to be sat in belay positions for long periods of time some that are, that are lighter if you're climbing very very difficult and intense sport uh, sport routes but um but really just any sort of middle of the road harness early on is yeah. you're not going to be unhappy with um, and people can help you with that at the store they're very good uh but yeah don't don't worry if you're getting a really cheap harness that it's gonna break it won't yeah um but that's you definitely need your own of those uh you could probably rent one or borrow one but everybody needs their own harness everyone needs <laughs> so their if you're own gonna harness. have one piece of gear get a harness you could probably learn to rock climb in running shoes but get a harness mm. yeah so i i mean I've, I've put shoes on this list um just because shoes uh, climb having proper climbing shoes uh, makes a, such a difference to the experience. Uh, it go you go from being able to, uh, or from not being able to to stand on unless it's a decent ledge to all of a sudden being able to to step up on a tiny little crystal in the rock. Um, climbing shoes are incredible inventions, um, and uh, they are I think that they are quite important. There's no need to go with pricey ones initially. It's the same thing with with the harness. They come in a variety of of um, 
price ranges. Uh, I would always probably start with a cheaper one, and you can always upgrade it if you if you love it and you and you have mm. the opportunity to climb outdoors lots. Um, but it is like sizing them as correctly is is important. Um, if you're more experienced and 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 um, you're looking for maximum performance out of your shoe, you're going to go for a pair that are quite uncomfortable and and really don't want to walk in. But again, if you're just starting out here, I'd probably go for 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 slight more comfort. They're supposed to fit really tightly. You're not supposed yeah. to wear socks with them. They're supposed to hurt. Um, but if they're hurting too much early on, yeah. you're not going to be excited to put them on, and you're not going to be excited to get up there. So I'd go for comfort over tight fit early on you can always get the toe punishing ones later on <laughs> the and then just in terms of kind of some of the hardware that you that you need um to start with um a locking carabiner uh so with a screw a screw gate carabiner um it needs to be locking and have uh, and a belay device uh, so f- for the locking carabiner this is the one that you would belay off of uh, and so the rope needs to slide through it quite nicely uh, and so a large d-shaped carabiner is best and then in terms of your belay device there are three most common styles uh, there's the, the the atc which is the simplest uh, there is a reverso um, which is has a has a little bit more functionality you can use it f- for for top down belaying later on so if you kind of want want a device that you that would allow you to to kind of upgrade your skills later on a reverso might be the way to go or then there's there's uh, something called a grigri um which is the safest belay device it is just a little bit more challenging to set up um and i would say probably less common um, because they are more expensive, um, most people, and, and really, you know, there is an added safety to it. But ATCs and reversos are just as safe if used correctly. Yeah. Other than that, uh, it's really useful to have um, a hundred and twenty centimeter webbing or some sort of sling around that length and another locking carabiner. That's for you to have what we call like a, a leash or a, uh, or kind of like a, a personal anchor that you can, at any point, if you're up on a climb and you're a bit nervous, you can you can uh, lock, uh, you clip that into a bolt uh, and that just gives you an added level of protection. You'd need it if you're ever cleaning a route. And so it is just one of those things that is useful to have if you're investing some money in climbing gear early on. The only last one that I'd say that some people... Uh, don't use uh, um, uh, and I've kind of probably swayed over the last eight <laughs> years times when I've used them more times when I haven't used them quite so much is uh, is a helmet um, but I, I, I still think that a helmet is a is a, a good piece of gear to have oh my goodness I make him wear a helmet like it, there are arguments that oh they might not protect you or this or that or whatever but like if a rock falls and you have a helmet it's gonna feel better and if you fall and bonk your head it's like it could protect you and what's the downside, really? Yeah. yeah. We're a helmet people. Helmets are good. That's the gear that I think that you need. In terms of essential starting gear, those are the things. Harness, shoes, locking beaner with a, with a belay device, piece of webbing with another locking beaner, and then a helmet. If you've got that, I think you're ready to go. I was just going to say, that is considering if you're the least experienced climber and you're going with somebody else who has... A rope. <laughs> yes, of course. There is, there is other <laughs> bits of gear that's needed. And who has the other gear. That's like personal gear. That's yes. the gear that you need to show up. Every climber needs to show up to the crag with that gear. True. Whereas if everybody shows up with that and nothing more, you're going to be sad at the bottom. Uh, so carry on. <laughs> yeah, so just a little note about secondhand gear. Um, there, are, there are a lot of people who sell climbing gear secondhand or used. And there are... 
I've talked to so many people when I was first getting into it. Some people would swear against buying secondhand gear, and they would they would never they would never buy it. And they said, "You do not know the history of that gear. You don't know if that." carabiner has been dropped from a great height and might have micro fractures which could weaken it and mean that it fails when you're using it the chances are low but why would you take the chance with your life um similarly you know that the harness um if you buy a secondhand harness it may not have been cared for properly or correctly it may have been left out the the webbing may have perished and again you don't want a leg loop breaking on you when you're when you're resting all your weight and your life on that harness so some people are very against buying secondhand gear. Some people are a bit more cavalier in their approach and say, you know what, it's absolutely fine. I've even heard stories of some climbers who, who sort of uh, stand at the base of, of large multi-pitch climbs and just wait for climbers to drop gear. And then it might fall a thousand foot, but there you go. Um, they pick it up at the bottom <laughs> and, and off they go oh, yeah. with, a, with a brand new uh, a brand new. Uh, trad rack that's been for, uh, dropped from from a high high height. Where I kind of stand on it is, you always have to be cautious buying secondhand gear. I have bought secondhand gear. It's because getting the gear for climbing is expensive. Um, now I'd say that I've bought secondhand gear. I've never bought used gear, and I think that there is a difference. Mm. Um, the, the an example is the first rope that I ever bought. <laughs> Again, I've talked to people that I would never buy a rope secondhand. I would only ever buy it from a shop because you, that's the only way you know it hasn't been used. There are ways that you can tell the amount of wear that a rope has had. Um, they come with little bits of tape on the ends of them. Um, and after a, just a couple of climbs, typically that that uh, that tape will fall off. Um, I bought a rope that still had that tape on. So it had only been used a couple of times. The, the guy who sold it to me was, uh, was a, a, a dad with two young kids had bought it because he was thinking he'd get into to climbing had two kids didn't get out the the rope had sat in a in a in a rubbermaid box for uh, for a year or two in and and he decided to to get rid of it so on the on the other hand I've, I've been to like gear swaps and looked at carabiners and looked at bits of gear that has lots of scratches on it the webbing's got um um is is kind of going a little bit fluffy and and it's like you know what it's a great deal it's so cheap however I don't think it's worth it. And then I've, I've kind of walked away from some of those bits of gear as well. So, so I think it's, it's, um, it, it can be done. Secondhand gear can be bought safely, um, but it is something to be a little bit more cautious of. And if you're not confident looking for, uh, looking for, for wear and tear in gear, I would stay away from it. Okay, let's say you have the gear and you've got a friend and you're, you're going to go out. Where should you go, I guess? How could you choose a good route? What's some tricks and tips to finding beginner-friendly places? What, what are we going to look at next? Yeah, so guidebooks are very useful. All popular climbing crags will have a guidebook written about them. Um, and I know they're a bit of an investment, but they make a huge difference. We've, we've tried to climb places before where we just walk around and, and see what looks within our grade looks like we could do it and it's just a much less enjoyable experience than if you actually have a guidebook you can make a bit more of a plan it gives you a bit of a description of the route so guidebooks are useful i like them sometimes you can get uh guides online and and just like go on your phone and screenshot things yeah but that takes a lot more preparation kind of ahead of time picking out where you want to go but if if that's the well, we you also, take. Yeah, we also works. really like um, ticking off climbs in guidebooks. We do, so, but and, if you're like, just getting started, it, they're not cheap. <laughs> true. 
Yeah, in terms of choosing routes and, and like grades, there are two common grading systems for sport uh, for sport climbing. There's the Yosemite Decimal System and there's the French Sport Grades. Uh, those are the ones that yeah are used for sport climbing. So there is also a very complicated UK grading system for trad climbing that considers level of danger. Uh, but we're we're not going to talk about that today. If we still haven't quite wrapped our hands <laughs> around it. Yeah, yeah. If you're sport climbing, if you're if you're like leading for the first time, I would suggest starting with anything that is obviously your your um your ability will will dictate this slightly. But start with anything that's below a five eight, kind mm-hmm. of the North American grading system, or five A in in the European grading system. That's a that's a, a really uh, good starting place. Um, you want to be so confident on your first lead climb because you're going to be doing things and spending longer up on the route mm. than you have before. So if you're getting shaky or, or tired, uh, you will probably start to stress and panic a little bit. So so start with a, a route that you are very confident, very capable with doing and uh, yeah, that you will enjoy as well because that's a, an important part. Yeah, and this goes for, especially for gym climbers who maybe are pulling way higher grades in the gym. Uh, gym climbing is different than outdoor climbing. Not necessarily easier, harder, better, or worse. There's lots of opinions about that, but it is just really different. In the gym, everything is nicely color-coded. You can very quickly and easily see where your next moves are, where you need to get, even if it's hard to get there. It's kind of nicely laid out for you and very well protected. Outdoors, anything goes. The goal is to get to the top, but it can mean that you're just stuck for a long time on the wall, looking for your move, feeling different things, trying Mm -hmm. different things. So it's a lot more sustained often. You're just you're just kind of out there and and everything looks the same it's just rock and you kind of need to figure it out yourself so always go easier even if you can do harder grades and you're getting a little bit more comfortable with it there's the added element of gear obviously and also just it's it's different it feels different yeah there's plenty of time start start at uh got to start somewhere then you can progress more i'd say as well if you're starting to lead climb uh, don't be afraid to whip i don't be afraid to fall off uh the the gear is um there to save you and to protect you and to 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 keep you safe and a lot of sport climbers when they're first starting will practice falling uh, and they will just get to the point where they are just beyond the last bolt and then they'll actually hop off uh, and and feel that kind of feeling of falling feel the rope catch them gives you more confidence and makes more able to climb harder stuff um, and and not feel just scared and panicked about falling yeah it definitely helps you relax even though it's not fun (laughs) not fun the first few times but then it 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 will improve your experience overall and then lastly just wear a helmet just wear a helmet (laughs) it happened to me once where i've i've fallen on lead and it has uh the, the rope it was my fault. I was I was stepping over the rope in an awkward spot. I didn't expect to fall, um, but because of the rope was under my leg, I, it flipped me over, and uh, I hit my back against the against the wall. Um, uh, it didn't hit my head that time, but it very well could easily have. Um, and so helmets are good to save you if you flip. Also, another note: some people will climb outdoors and don't bother wearing a helmet on the wall but will wear a helmet when they belay so if you're new don't think that belayers can get away with not wearing a helmet yeah. because there's actually almost well depends on where you're climbing but sometimes more danger for the belayer because they can kick loose stones or get pulled into the wall so if you're belaying you also need to wear a helmet yeah 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 wear a helmet I think just the last thing, we're going to try and wrap this up before too long here, but just the last thing is is just sharing, I guess, very briefly, our experience of learning how to climb uh, outdoors. So Monica, do you want to start? What was your uh, experience of learning how to climb outdoors? Yeah, well, I would probably put it into two kind of two little episodes of learning. So the first one was actually in Vantage, 
not the weekend we talked about the first time, but Nate and I and a friend uh, had gone the previous year as well, and it, you were really keen to get outside, and you just wanted anybody who could climb. So <laughs> me and Emily were gym climbers, and that was our first trip outdoors. So I think the first morning was spent teaching us to lead belay, teaching us to tie in, teaching us to do all those skills that uh, you need to do out- outdoors. And then we just climbed really easy routes that first day, Mm -hmm. just getting used to being on the rock. So yeah, I very much had (laughs) a friend who was motivated to teach me because you wanted to go and you wanted uh, belay partners who were willing to go outside with you. So you kind of talked us through everything and made sure we were very comfortable and very safe and you you didn't pressure us at all. So it was really good, a really positive way. I was really nervous about it. Um, I... I've always considered rock climbing to be super extreme and I just thought, I, I just think I was just scared and I think I had a bit of trouble tying knots at the beginning and so I was just nervous that I would screw up and fall to my death. There is <laughs> such little likelihood of that happening. Like it's easy to check things. So even if you do it wrong four times, you can figure that out on the ground. Like don't be nervous, but I was nervous. So it was just a really safe environment to have two friends who were better than me um at those kind of things and and I, we just practice 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 and I think by the end of that trip I was cleaning roots and yeah. I could lead belay and it was it was better and we actually made friends at the Craig with another group of climbers and there was a guide among them and he he had a maybe a different way of doing things and so taught us a bunch of other things and and it yeah it was just good climbers are keen to share knowledge and especially when they think that you're doing something wrong (laughs) oh that's not the safe way here let me teach you so there was a bit of that and that was my initial learning of um, how to outdoor climb and then I guess I gained a lot more skills when we um got hired as rock climbing directors at a summer camp which you were very qualified to do so and Mm -hmm. I was qualified to work with kids but maybe didn't quite have my rock climbing skills where they should be so we um, well, we, you had like a textbook of climbing and I read mm-hmm. a lot and watched a lot of YouTube videos. And then we went out and just did tons of practicing of like higher level skills. Yeah. My experience was, was, uh, I had an awesome first experience of learning how to, to climb outdoors. It was, uh, with the, the varsity outdoor club that I, I mentioned, uh, already, um, the Victoria day long weekend in Canada, uh, there was five of us loaded into uh, a small little Toyota Corolla um, and all of the other guys had slightly more experience than me. I was desperate to learn, desperate to start lead climbing, start lead belaying. Uh, and the, I was so lucky to find these guys because they were so happy to teach me. They really wanted to push me and they really wanted um, to, me to to. Be, you know, to, to learn these skills. So it was, a, it was a, an incredible weekend. I look back on it with so much, such happy memories. But yeah, um, they, they taught me how to, how to lead belay. I had a backup belayer so that if I did anything wrong, the climber was still safe. And then I went up there and, and uh, led the climb. I learned how to, to, to build anchors. Uh, and yeah, just really, uh, really grew my, my skills while mm. just being surrounded by some, some awesome, awesome people. Yeah. And that was so good. And then you actually spent a summer in Squamish, which is a climbing destination, and you worked there. And you you made friends with a, a guy that was getting accredited to be a guide, didn't yeah. you? And so you ended up climbing a lot with a guide, and he was able to up-level your skills in all sorts of great ways, and yep. you learned tons of stuff. So I always felt very confident learning from Nate because he had learned from a guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his skills, I mean, even if he didn't get accredited to be a guide, <laughs> he was getting them firsthand from someone who was. So Yeah. Yeah. 
I think the last thing that I want to to say, I guess there's two two things. Firstly, um, resources. Um, if you are wanting to read uh, or or just learn about some of these skills before you use them at the crag, uh, there's this amazing book called Freedom of the Hills, mm. which is essentially the 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 textbook on mountaineering, and it it covers absolutely everything. Uh, it doesn't go into huge levels of detail. Actually, no, it does. It goes it into does, it does, goes into huge it's a great detail. start. It's a really good book to have, and they're updating it constantly for new practices, and um, it's it's awesome. It's really really good. YouTube can also be good for for for, for watching these videos. I wouldn't uh, just use YouTube. Again, make no. sure you have a person that shows you these things. But just you know, you can you can learn the basics of some things from watching it. Just the last thing to say. Uh, I think is is that like climbing has become so much more safe than it was years ago. The gear is much better today than it than it was in decades past. Uh, however, you can never eliminate all of the risk from climbing, and we have unfortunately seen a couple of accidents while we've been out. Thankfully, nothing has ever happened to us, but people that we've seen with loads of experience and seem to be doing everything yeah. correctly, um, whether the, the the conditions just weren't very good for what they were trying to do, or whether again just someone with a little bit less experience, and and we've seen people fall and and hit the deck. Um, because of, of either gear failure or, or, or improper belay techniques. And so we want as many people as possible to get into climbing because we think it's an incredible sport and so valuable, but there is danger to it. So it is important to be taught properly and to have the right kind of people around you and just assess the risk, I think, at any yeah. particular point in time. Make sure that um, what you're doing uh, feels okay to you and don't take risks that you feel are unnecessary and don't put yourself into into situations that you either don't know how to get out out of or wish you hadn't been in in the first yeah. case i think there's two kinds of discomfort when climbing there's the discomfort like i think i feel scared every first climb of the season and every first climb of a trip i'm always nervous even if i've done something way harder or way sketchier it's just getting out there you're high and you're relying on your own skill there, there's that kind of nervous butterflies in your stomach because you're going high and relying on on your own strength and skill that's one kind of discomfort and that's fine and that's pushing pushing yourself and pushing boundaries and and growing as a person and, and as a climber and an athlete and all that that's good but if you feel that sick uncomfort or discomfort in your like the pit of your stomach and you're like you're scared and that that's not something you need to push through like climbing is fun we're picnic climbers <laughs> we prioritize fun and feeling safe and feeling good and having a good time and not pushing grades so if you're feeling freaked out and scared just come down it's better to do that than yeah to hurt yourself or just scare yourself so much that you don't want to do it again um yeah. So if you feel like we've missed anything or you have any more questions or you want to climb with us in the summer, <laughs> uh, let us know. Email us at picnicclimbers at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you think. Follow us on Instagram. That's good. We love to teach and we love to, yeah, to, to get more people climbing and more people outdoors. So we'll leave it there for now. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Bye for now. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed listening along, be sure to subscribe and leave a comment on iTunes. If you want to get in touch, follow us on Instagram at Picnic Climbers or email us at picnicclimbers at gmail.com. Until next time, Picnic Climbers. <laughs>